Hello friends and welcome to our podcast, Aura, A Different Path. My name is Alex and I will be your host. We've started this podcast as a way of answering questions that we get on the regular about our shop, how we do things, why we do things, and I guess all things that I consider important, but we're happy to see where it goes and let it in evolve over time at aura our three main focuses are where our food comes from how it is prepared and how it makes us feel so in other words nourishment i spent years studying and researching and finding ways to put this into a shop format so that we can provide meals for people made from real food prepared properly what i consider properly Um, We like to consider who has grown the food that we use, the process it's gone through to get to us, and then we spend all of our time preparing these ingredients with love and thought to make it as nourishing as we possibly can in the environment that we are in. Today, you are listening to episode three, and I've called it Diets. I feel this seems fitting as there seems to be a lot of confusion around the topic and a lot of bullshit out there for people to navigate, myself included. I'm not here to tell you what to eat, but I am going to explain the teachings and understandings that we apply to what we do to make the decisions and choices that we make on a daily basis. So on the topic of diets, it seems only fitting that our sponsor this week would be Lydia Irving from Internal Instinct. I'm sure if you follow us on Instagram, you've seen me talk about Lydia, maybe be a bit bossy and tell you to watch her stories right now because she's always talking about things I think need to be spoken about more in a really understandable way. So Lydia and I actually go way, way, way back Possibly about five or six years. Um, She was a customer at our old store before she moved up north. And Lydia has gone on to study nutrition. And this is my way of explaining it. But I'm going to say from understanding through her stories that she got a bit of a smack to the face when she realizes what she's been taught is how to get people off their favorite foods and to get onto supplements Mm, I see that as like the good old cover up this and that instead of going to the root of the problem she decides to do some of her own reading starts working with a really cool doctor and decided to share her journey like her own personal journey um, of healing her own problems online now Personally, I'm not always a fan of this because I think it can be misleading and confusing and more often than not, not honest. Did that make sense? Um, So not always honest. But what really impresses me about Lydia um, is that her journey to healing involved putting on weight, a solid amount of it. And she has been very, very transparent about her journey. Um, the more she understood, the more she realized how important it was for her to gain weight so that she could heal her metabolism and body dysmorphia 
And she also wanted to share how you can lose weight in a healthy, sustainable way. So this obviously isn't prescribed for everyone, but it was what her body needed. So Lydia still to this day continues to put up photos of her journey, wearing only her knickers and a crop top and shows all the angles. So to say I'm proud is an understatement because you don't see many people doing these kind of things on social media. It's all the good angles and you know, you know what I mean? Anyway, my point is Lydia went on to heal many health problems that she had. And let me tell you, she is one of the only people that I follow on Instagram that doesn't use filters. Her skin is shining and clear. Her hair is thick and luscious. Her energy beams through the screen and her dance moves. They make me smile regularly. Let's just say she's got very good energy. Today, she refers to herself as a holistic gut feeling nutritionist and is on a mission to help people dismantle fears around food and health, take responsibility of self-care and well-being and connect with how your body interacts with food and the environment. I like the sound of all of that. So if you're interested, go check her out. I think she's a great place to start if any of this interests you, which I hope it does. Now, let's get into the podcast. Diets. Where to even begin? I would actually love to end this podcast here by saying just eat real food. Lydia is our sponsor, but unfortunately, these days it's really just not that easy. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about diets today is to explain how we got to doing what we do at Aura. People often ask what kind of cafe we are. Some people assume. Um, We have been referred to as a vegan cafe, a paleo cafe, a Western A-Price cafe. Um, The assumption will often be made that we don't use sugar, that we don't use gluten. People kind of make it fit to whatever they believe is healthy. Um, But even after seven whole years of having aura, I still struggle to explain what kind of cafe we are. At the moment, I probably wouldn't even call us a cafe because we don't have a coffee machine um but to keep it simple i usually try and stick to dot points we like to know where our ingredients come from we make just about everything we use except for our cheddar our halloumi our full cream milk and our sourdough we do this because we think it's important to know what is in our food because it's going into our bodies i personally don't trust packaged foods or the companies behind them So I like to make everything from scratch. We also like to know that our suppliers care about their raw products, where they come from and how they are used to create whatever they're creating. And I like to work with people that understand how much I care. So they care about me as a customer as well and what I'm trying to do. So after many, many hours of like researching, reading, listening, talking, I feel I've brought all of the pearls of wisdom that I find to be important and I've done my very best to put them into a cafe format. So at times this can be extremely difficult, especially being small. Um, We often get forgotten about and people don't think it's a big deal if they either don't show up with an order or a certain item or short stocking us because I think 
they might think it's not so much of a big deal as it would be to do this to a larger restaurant or a grocer. But over the years, this has helped us learn sort of how to overcome most of these pickles and pick and choose the people that take care of us the most and above all respect what we do Um, because we think it's really important and it's lovely to work with people that um, also, I guess, acknowledge that. Now, I'm not here to tell you what the right diet is. For me, when someone says they know this, it immediately sounds an alarm to take this information with a grain of salt as this person is yet to realize that no one person is the same. I think an informed person will know that everybody is different and an informed person will know a body needs energy to function and nutrition to function optimally. And this is often why I often find myself coming back to Ayurveda and that's yeah, Ayurveda understands health as a balanced state of physical, mental, and social. I love a good balance. I feel like things would look differently if people took their health into consideration first and put wanting to look a certain way off to the side. I think then people could learn to understand what is happening in nature and in one's body and learn that this body of theirs can be healed and be healthy because this is all the body wants to be. Um, I had the privilege of traveling to India to study Ayurveda under an amazing teacher. And although it was brief, I believe you could study Ayurveda for life. I felt I learned quite a lot um, and I want to share some of these teachings with you, the ones that I usually apply to myself, my life, and then um, further down the line at the shop. But one of my favorite teachings was what Dr. Neil referred to as the propers. And so they are proper hunger, proper digestion, proper elimination of waste, proper sleep, and proper wake up. And I really love this because it's a simple set of questions that you can ask yourself to check in and see if you're, if what you're eating and the choices you are making are serving your health. So do you get hungry in the morning? Is your agni strong? Meaning, do you digest your food optimally? Are you pooing regularly? What do your poos look like? Are you getting quality sleep? When you wake, are you jumping out of bed or are you hitting snooze 17 times? He describes proper wake up as when you wake up, you must feel lightness like a bird, no heaviness. Another favorite in regards to treatment in Ayurveda is first, correct the diet, second, correct the lifestyle, third, give medicine. I feel this is quite different to the Western way. Generally speaking, I feel it's first give medicine, then don't ask questions, don't make changes, cover up these symptoms, deal with side effects of medicine with more medicine, become dependent on the pharmaceutical industry, don't ever be truly independently healthy and it's just a cycle that you can quite easily get stuck in. Um, This does not sound fun to me at all. It sounds expensive, time-consuming, And what really irks me is the dependency on people that don't truly care about you. And just like food, I want the people that treat me 
to know me, to have a certain level of care for me and at the very least have my best interests at heart. Um, I would really love to talk a bit more about Ayurveda. I know it might, it's probably not at the front of the mind for most people. Some of you may not have even heard of it. Um, but when thinking about diet and what to eat, I find the way that it explains nutrition and nourishment very helpful. And for me, it does make a lot of sense. So I'm going to try and break it down simply. Hopefully it will make sense. We'll see how we go. Um, I was taught, so I was taught this as Ayurvedic physiology. So food equals energy equals nutrition equals waste equals elimination. So when you consume food, the goal is to consume nutrients. These nutrients are known as datus, meaning tissues. So according to Ayurveda, the nutrients from the foods you're eating will be broken down into seven tissues. So these seven tissues are plasma, blood tissue, muscle tissue, fat tissue, bone tissue, bone marrow tissue, and reproductive tissue in that order. So each tissue builds the other. So if you're having trouble building bone tissue, your bone marrow tissue is not looking good and there's not much hope for your reproductive tissue. Just a quick side note on that quickly. Um, as the reproductive tissue is the last to build, when I was learning this, it got me thinking and I did um, ask the question if this would play a huge part in the fertility problem. And Dr. Neil said, absolutely. So this is something I went on to think about. And I'm not here to talk about fertility, infertility, because I'm no expert. But one thing I do know is that infertility is on the rise and it's an extreme, it is, sorry, extremely common these days. In the cases that I'm familiar with, people aren't being told to nourish up um, they are being given alternative methods like IVF. I remember reading an incredible book many, many years ago that talked about the preparations of one's body to become pregnant. And it said that a minimum of three years preparation is required. Three years. Can you imagine? And this is for a healthy, optimally functioning body. So let's say if one had not been actively taking care of their body, which I think it's safe to say most people in their 20s to 30s, it's not, let's just say it's not a priority, generally speaking, is likely it's going to take even longer than that. But this conversation is a slippery slope, so I'm going to turn around and head back to aerobic physiology, but I thought it was an interesting point to make. And I will add, just on that note, that throughout all these episodes, I will raise points, questions, thoughts, whatever it is you want to call them, only because I think it's important for people to take information and think about it for themselves. So how it relates to them or you, your life, your body. Maybe you want to research something a bit further. Maybe you will remember this point that I've talked about or a point that I've talked about years down the track when it plays more of an important role in your life. But I think, yeah, here on this podcast, I am a qualified talker. So I'm going to say things and leave them with you. Sometimes I think it's difficult to think for oneself in the world that we are in 
with all these people, companies, influencers telling us what is best for us. So if anything calls out to you, jot it down, go and have a sus, see what you come up with. But that's how I got to where I am today. I looked into things further that I was interested in and sometimes that went down rabbit holes, sometimes that led to other things. But it's made me what I consider to be quite an informed person that's just constantly learning. And I'm really, really happy with that. Anyway, back to Ayurveda. So we were talking tissues and the importance of building these tissues through nutrition. Now we are talking srotas. So srotas are tissue canals. So channels that nutrition is passed through. These srotas can be blocked by emotions, over-exercising, incorrect mealtimes, for example, eating food after the sun has gone down. Um, Rasa is the tissue first formed after digestion. So if nutrients aren't being broken down into Rasa, Ama is being formed. And Ama is poison. And Ayurveda says this is the reason for all disease. So I know I'm using lots of words here you've probably not heard about, but I'm hoping I'm giving good explanations so it can kind of make sense. But something I truly, truly love that Ayurveda teaches is that there is no medicine for disease. There is only medicine for a particular person with that particular disease. Now, if I was listening to this, I would love that person to say it again because I'd be like, whoa. So I'm going to say it again. So there is no medicine for disease. There is only medicine for a particular person with that particular disease. And that is what I love about Ayurveda because it treats the person, that one person, that one body. It doesn't put you into a box and say, oh, that person has similar symptoms to that person. So we're going to give them that same medicine. They only create medicine for a particular person with a particular disease. So that's a bit different to what we are told and how we are generally treated. From here, I feel like I can sort of roll into intuitive eating. So if your goal is to balance your body and have good digestion, I like to think the focus then becomes paying attention to what makes you feel good. So what gives you energy? What makes you look shiny? What ties you over for a certain period of time versus what doesn't leave you feeling satisfied for long? For example, I know for myself, I can have a piece of my special bread with a couple of eggs and some kimchi at 6am and I know I'm not going to be hungry again until around 12. Or I can eat a croissant and drink a long black at 9am and it's highly likely that I'll be hungry again at 11. Nutrient density, friends, it's so important and you can learn what suits your body, what gives your body what it needs and flow with that. So if you don't know much about this, like nutrient density, I'd say it's important to make it a priority to do so when it comes to eating for health. Diets. You don't, to learn about this stuff, you don't need to follow a diet. You don't need like a food idol to do this. You simply need to understand a bit better what foods contain the most nourishment in what amounts and can you consume that quantity. So, Eating food because the diet you follow allows you to is not intuitive eating. So this is one of my pet peeves with a vegan diet. 
And that is that entire food groups are cut out and almost nobody takes the time to make sure they're making these up as best as they can. They simply put things in their mouth that they're allowed to and be done with it. That's why I feel so many people have long, long term negative health problems. And it's a very like slow way of starving the body or as Dr. Natasha says, cleansing the body until there's almost nothing left. So she refers to a vegan diet as a cleansing diet and a diet that contains animal products as a building diet. And that I think is another reason why a lot of people opt for the vegan diet and it's to lose weight. So sure, you're going to look thinner because you're cleansing your insides, but if you're not replacing what you're missing out on, you're losing stuff you need, like the muscle that keeps you strong, the oomph behind your immune system, the building blocks of just about every system your body runs on. At first, you might feel good. I suppose that's the benefit of the cleansing effects. But over time, all your stores are slowly, slowly diminishing. Oh, sorry if that made a weird noise. My crazy hand accidentally hit the microphone. Um, What was I going to say? Just recently, I've noticed more than ever, like many influencers announcing that they will no longer be vegan. Initially, I felt that this was so silly that they, I don't know, that they felt they had to announce that to their community as I don't think it's anyone's business what another person eats. But usually if I take the time to read these posts, as I continue to read on, I see that it's followed by an explanation as to how they have not been intuitively eating. They've been following a lifestyle choice that hasn't been serving their health, their wellness, their happiness. And they've been encouraging others to do the same. And now they've realized that everyone's journey is different. And what should guide you in your food choices is how they make you feel. And I feel like the common um, thread amongst all of these stories is that they've often felt really shit for a long time and they've ignored their body's signs, signals. And instead of checking in with their body, they've just powered on and eaten off this checklist, not considering, is this serving me? Does this make me feel strong? How are my propers? They've just pushed through and pushed through until something really awful has happened, whether that's been spine degeneration Anyway, I won't go into it, but it makes me really sad. It makes me really sad that people disregard their health to follow a list of items they are so-called allowed to eat and their health is just pushed to the side. And for some people, you can make, you can, I guess, make up for the damage that's been done. But oftentimes, if you're in your younger developing years, you can do irreversible damage. And that's, oh, for me, that's just really, really, really sad. Anyway, after reading these things, I do, I, I can understand why they feel they need to make this announcement. But at the same time, it just gets me thinking. Like, if we all kept to ourselves and we ate 
I'm talking in regards to food and we ate what made us feel good. We ate what helped us do good poos and we shut up when it came to voicing our opinions on what others eat, it would be a much easier place to intuitively eat. There's also one other point I would like to briefly touch on. And the way I got to thinking about this is a bit funny, but have any of you ever seen that show Alone? If you're unfamiliar, like the I sorry, if you're unfamiliar with the show, the idea is that 10 people are dropped off in the middle of nowhere, so usually somewhere like Alaska, and they're by themselves, so they're not dropped off together. So they're all dropped off individually in different locations. They get to take something like 10 items with them. And the idea of the show is to see who can last the longest fending for themselves in the wild alone. So you film all your own footage. Um, that to me is the craziest thing is that like you're out there trying to survive, but you've got to set up all these cameras to film all your own footage. And when you're trying to hunt animals, I can't think of anything worse. Anyway, these people do it. I do recommend this show. I do like it, but, um, that's beside the point. So there's no timeline. So the film crew just show up and they'll say, congrats, you won. You've lasted the longest. So you have no idea when it's going to finish or how long you're going to be out there for. And you can, I should mention that, you can be pulled out of the game and that's only if they feel it's becoming dangerous to your health. So if you're losing too much weight, you're becoming emaciated or mentally you're losing your shit, etc. Um, a lot of the people, because you get all the intros, so a lot of the people on this show have huge amounts of experience. So they've grown up hunting. They know how to build shelters, obviously fire. They know how to forage for food. But what this show made me realize is if the internet dies, like online ordering, and supermarkets close down, many of us would not last long. Would anyone disagree with that? I've thought about this a lot. Anyway, this concerns me. And this is a huge part for us, like for Pod and I, like why will we be continuing our aura journey on sacred land so we can understand more about the processes of nature, soil, and how food actually grows? Because I just feel we are so far from understanding the processes involved. And oh, I find it devastating. Like we are relying on companies to feed us, companies that give no shits about what their products do to our health. And... Oh, the heaviest part is they aren't even held accountable. So they're allowed to put poison in our food. They're allowed to feed our children and adults. But I get really upset about the children. Um, like chemicals and artificial crap, the seed oils, the colors, the bullshit, bullshit, so much bullshit. And they get paid. Like we're paying them for this stuff. They're making a lot of money. Anyway, I'd like, to, I'd like to use the vegan diet as an example here because I find it interesting as the majority of a vegan diet consists of man-made products that we can't make without huge kitchens, factories, and production plants. Is that a worry? I think so because oh, without the modern luxury of grocery stores, would a vegan diet even exist like, could you practice a vegan diet? If the vegan diet is rooted in modern convenience, is it really optimal for one's health? 
Like, how did our grandparents eat? How did their grandparents eat? Like, the further removed we are from being hunters, gatherers, farmers, the more we depend on a food system that could easily collapse. And then what? And don't, don't think I'm just ripping into vegans here because you can apply these questions to a lot of trendy diets that are popular at the moment. So the paleo diet and everything being made of coconut nuts that come from like all over the world, all of this out of season eating. I mean, I think it's safe to say you can't overindulge in a product that's not from where you live locally and think that things are going to be okay. They're not like, especially in the long run. A lot of these so-called diets cut out huge food groups and encourage you to eat a lot of other food groups. The balance is so off. I'm, yeah, oh, this is, yeah, this is another time I would like to refer back to my mate, Dr. Natasha, and how she, what does she say? She, so she explains our body as like having lots of buckets and how if you eat too much of one thing, you can overflow that bucket. And that's often when problems will arise. So eating improperly prepared gluten, let's say. If you do that every day, it's highly likely it'll result in something that will be referred to as an intolerance. But a bit of gluten here and there, properly prepared especially, I think it's safe to say can be enjoyed. And over the years, I've seen this a lot with nuts, like people that cut out gluten and dairy, they hit the nuts hard. And then all of a sudden, they're having breakouts, digestive issues. They're confused because they thought they were doing the right thing by cutting out gluten and dairy. But just the idea of cutting out whole food groups that we've existed on for years, I'm all about the processes. Like this is where I, I think it's, we've got to take the focus away from the food group, so like say gluten or dairy, because that's the topic we're on, and focus on the process of whatever that gluten and dairy went through. So I think we've got to stop saying gluten is evil and dairy is evil and look at how those items were made. So if you're getting freshly milled flour and it's being fermented with a sourdough starter and it's being made into a beautiful loaf of sourdough, that is much more pleasant and food your body is going to recognize as nutrients as opposed to Wonder White with all of these disgusting, fortified bullshits that really make me angry. I don't know why they trigger me a lot, those things. It just makes me upset that people can advertise items that are better for you because they contain more nutrients, minerals, vitamins, all that jazz, when they're just the most horrendous item and that should never even get close to your mouth but I'm digressing so back to gluten and dairy so the process team the process is what I'm talking about so look at the process how many how many how many what do you say steps has something gone through to get to where it is before you're about to eat it the less the better and this is something that you'll find at aura so we don't We don't use a lot of any one thing. We use olive oil, butter, coconut oil, ghee, and tallow. We don't use just one fat. Most restaurants will use just one seed oil across the board. We use just about every nut there is. 
and we use all the veggies that we can get our hands on. We love a range of ferments and because of this, things won't often be exactly the same, but that's nature. So things are always changing. Things are always different. Um, you'll find at Aura, you'll find veggies in cakes. You'll find chickpeas in cookies. And if there's a good amount of sugar in something, it's usually paired with a good fat like butter or coconut oil. So none of our ingredients are refined. Everything will be as fresh as possible. And we even go as far as to mill our nuts and some grains and things in our thermi. Bless the Thermomix. And we ferment and soak just about everything. And we will talk about that in a later episode because that's something else I'm very, very passionate about when it comes to preparing food properly. But all of these practices have evolved from me asking, how can I make this better? Can I make this more nourishing? Because if you know me, I'm, I'm not cutting out baked goods. I love a cookie. I love gluten. But I do know what serves my body best and that's how I roll. Or should I say that's how we roll at Aura? I think I can say both. I just really believe it's so important to ask questions. Like I said before, I like to raise them because sometimes people forget to question why they're doing something. Who invented this? What is the purpose? I mean, how do you fight for the planet when you can't get out of bed in the morning because you have no energy, but you're eating packaged foods that you have been told will help climate change? It makes no sense to me. Please remember, as always, I am speaking generally and from observation of working at my shop in Manly. I know there are people out there that grow their own food and collect their own mushrooms, etc., They live a perfectly beautiful plant-based life that works for them. And that is wonderful. But the funny thing is, is that the closer people get back to nature and living off the land, the faster they realize how ridiculous it is to think that a diet, any diet, can exist with no death. Life is a cycle and that cycle must be respected. Animals eat animals animals are our soil that make our vegetables and death makes life here's how i roll in a nutshell new stuff is usually not sustainable it looks cool upon viewing initially but when you remove something from a cycle it's going to get fucked up somewhere like somewhere else along the way people have practiced ways of eating for many many years and while the plant-based movement is at its strongest there is no culture tribe group of people that has ever been found that is plant-based and thriving people they would eat seasonally so they would eat whatever's in season and this may mean less animal products at certain times of the year But I reckon that when there were eggs, fresh milk, animals to hunt, they were bloody excited. Lean, mean hunting machines? What do you reckon? Anyway, this is nutrition. This is energy. This is nature. So, today's quote comes from Weston A. Price, a dentist who at the beginning of the 20th century travelled around the world to study all traditional cultures 
So he was specifically looking for a purely plant-based health culture and he didn't find one. So this is what he concluded. This is a quote from his book. As yet, I have not found a single group of primitive racial stock which was building and maintaining excellent bodies by living entirely on plant foods. I have found in many parts of the world most devout representatives of modern ethical systems advocating restrictions of foods to the vegetable products. In every instance where the group involved had been long under this teaching, I found evidence of degeneration. Degeneration is not my style. Thriving is my style. So if there's anything that you take away from today, I would love it to be that you just question things more. So are you doing something because you truly believe it's in your body's best interest because it makes you feel freaking fantastic? Or are you doing something because you think you need to lose some weight and you heard some girl at the gym talking about how she's gone carnivore and lost 12 kilos in three weeks? Think about everything you do every day. It seems like a lot, but it's not. Like just a simple check-in. How are you doing, body? Have we eaten any veggies today? Have I been drinking clean water? Am I lacking energy and could really use a bit of liver? Should I get to bed a bit earlier tonight because I'm feeling a bit tired? A question I like to ask myself just to check in is, when I eat this, am I nourishing my body? This just gives me pause to think and then make a decision. By no means am I perfect. And sometimes the answer will be a strong no. This is not nourishing my body. But I am married to an American with South American blood, which means he loves pizza, burgers and sugar. Some days I roll. Other days I put my foot down. But it's all about compromise. The more you practice this, intuitive eating is what I'm referring to, the easier it is to be in tune with your body and before you know it this will all turn into a flow where you know what makes you feel good you know what gives you energy not because someone told you but because you feel it and you see it and then you will find yourself naturally being brought oh not brawn drawn you'll find yourself naturally being drawn to the things that are best for you So you'll find yourself moving away from things that make you feel like crap. You'll find it easier to say no to things like a late night with alcohol because you'll start becoming excited about waking up, feeling like a magical body that can achieve anything. And then you'll wonder how you ever did anything else. This is coming from a person that can rip it up on the dance floor for four hours nonstop and get asked by random people what I'm on because my energy is oozing drugs and couldn't possibly be natural energy. But it can be. It is. Just try it. So I'm going to leave it there. Hopefully some of this made sense. You got something out of it. But I just want to quickly say that next episode is going to be double the fun because not only will I be here, but so will my little sis. And we will be talking all things detox. I'm really looking forward to it. So until next time, folks, remember to take care of your body. You only have one and it loves 
real food and sunshine. Bye!